You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted, a conversation on Christian ministry and the Christian life. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Brian Catherman. Josiah is out graduating. Woohoo for Josiah. <laughs> but I decided since he was going to Gateway to graduate, I would take somebody from Gateway to take his place. So on the podcast, uh, I don't know if I should make it some kind of secret surprise and we should have people guess or we should just go with <laughs> who you are. Mark, should we just go? I have Mark Bradley, Dr. Bradley. Uh, from Gateway Seminary. Uh, Mark, say hello and tell us a little bit about kind of what you do at the school and who you are. Sure, Brian. Good to, good to be with you today. I'm the director of the Pacific Northwest Campus of Gateway Seminary. Uh, Gateway has five physical campuses, so I'm the director of our campus in Vancouver, Washington, uh, not BC and not Washington, D.C., uh, so we're, we're, Van, we're Vancouver, not BC, Washington, not D.C. here, and uh, our headquarters for our campus is in the Northwest Baptist Convention's headquarters. They make room for us, provide that for us, and also support us in their budget. So we couldn't exist without their help. And uh, so we're, uh, you know, officially tied to the seminary, but also have a strong connection to the Northwest Baptist Convention. Uh, a little plug convention. for them, a little advertisement plug. Yeah, right? little, well, yeah, I got yeah. to give them, gotta give them uh, some kudos because they uh, help pay the bills around here. And uh, so our, our campus is the smallest of the five physical campuses, which kind of fits with our SBC demography uh, in the Northwest. We have fewer churches in the Northwest than places like Arizona and, and uh, certainly California. But uh, I'm a graduate of this campus myself. Back the, in that particular campus? Yeah. Like you uh, oh, not, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I graduated. I mean, it wasn't in this location at the time, but this entity, the it was then called the Northwest Center of Golden Gate Seminary. Um, yeah, I graduated with my MDiv in 1985 and then went to work on my PhD because I felt called to come back and, and teach at this entity. And uh, that didn't happen as quickly as I as I Im- initially imagined. I uh, uh, went and pastored a, in a university town in Pullman, Washington for 17 and a half years. And then by then I was a little more mature and experienced and the directorship opened up. So instead of becoming a uh, professor, I be, uh, came to be the director and been in this role for 14 years now. Are you from that area? Are you from the Washington, Oregon area? Is that Yes, you? yes. I was I was born in Oregon City, Oregon, for, for lack of a hospital in West Lynn, Oregon, where I grew up. Uh, those are uh you know small cities that are just across the river from each other and um had a very stable childhood i came home uh from the hospital to the house that i left from to go to college so oh wow uh, yeah but so you're like that is your that that is your pocket of the world man yeah 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 i'm uh northwest born and raised and didn't get saved till uh just after high school and uh i, I was saved on the road to damascus um, <laughs> Literally, because it's Damascus. I mean, our listeners probably don't know there's a Damascus, Oregon, right? Damascus, Oregon. Yeah, so we went to Damascus, Oregon, on the way to work one day, and uh, it was a very charismatic kind of experience. I had a a very experiential baptism in the Holy Spirit at the moment of my conversion, and uh, uh, you know, thought that that was normative for all Christians for some time <laughs> until. I was telling somebody about it, you know, you know, when, you know, when you just get this worrying sensation in your brain and you feel this high throughout your extremities and everything else. And they go, what, are what are you talking about? You don't have that. It's like, no, man, that's, that's like something special God did for you because you were so far gone. I was an atheist, an outspoken atheist in high school. And uh, God had to kind of 
reach a little extra deep, uh, you know, with pixie dust or whatever to, to, to get me in. And uh, so, you know, he spoke to me in a language that morning that I understood, which was getting high uh, as I had abused alcohol and marijuana to some extent, most, mostly alcohol in high school as an atheist. And uh, so when I had that high sensation on the road on the way to work that day, I knew unmistakably that was that was God's answer to my prayer. I'd, I'd been witness to quite a bit, was was really engaged and, and actually seeking it, and um, was even asking God, what do I do? I, I want in. It's like I'd gone through uh, an intellectual stage of faith and, a, and an emotional uh, stage of faith, and I just was lacking the volitional stage of, of how do we close the deal? And, and in the midst of, of literally in the midst of praying that kind of thing, um, the Lord just uh, gave me this baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was so experiential. I'd been drunk a number of times, been high on pot another other times, and never did LSD, so I knew it wasn't a feedback. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 what do you call it? Uh, hallucination uh, or something. Yeah, hallucination or uh, what is flashback it? Flashback or something. Flashback. It wasn't like a flashback thing uh, of a high. And, you know, it was, it was in the context of me adoring Jesus while I'm singing some soft rock songs that were written to girls. And, you know, the whole context was me adoring Jesus and wanting in, knock on the door. And that, uh, that high came upon me and I knew that was God's answer. And so anyway, that's, that's my unusual, uh, Mark, I, wow, when we have we, people we on, right through that, you got some questions for me. I better when stop we, when we have, my testimony. When we have people on from the Bible belt, we don't usually have those stories. So I guess Oregon, Washington sort of contributes yeah. a little bit to this. Hey, so I probably should let people know we were on a doctoral committee together for mm-hmm. a candidate, which was uh, which was my first time doing that kind of an up and down experience. And that so that's where our connection comes from, because people go, wait, we sent Josiah. And we just grabbed a random guy. No, we, <laughs> I, that was a good it was really enjoyable. The other thing, too, is we uh, I've edited a number of those uh, candidates papers and a couple of them, one of them for sure. Uh, you were like the committee chair on that. So I, I got mm-hmm. to just sort of see that. But here, here's why I'm reaching out to you. And uh, and I think you can maybe help me. Um, in my context and as a pastor and and as in a mission field area, I mean, in Utah is where I'm at, but uh, you're in a mission field area as well. In, in a mm-hmm. context like this, there are people looking to church planting. They're looking at, at pastorless churches, which we have a few Uh, out here and there's some rural towns and big towns and and there's just this whole process and what seems to be creeping in the language at least since the pandemic and since 2021 is statements like these i'll share them Uh, i don't i I want to see if you can maybe affirm them or not from your observation uh being in the seminary the statements are people don't want to go into ministry as much anymore the pipelines are drying up uh, you know, it, the world's too complex now, and, and there's too much fear that people will lose their jobs. And so we can anticipate the future ministers of the church, just not not like we've once seen at all. The, I mean, just that kind of sky is falling for the church sort of context. I yeah. recognize you don't represent every seminary on the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, you're in a very unique pocket. <laughs> but if you, in quite frankly, a very liberal corner of the country where that stuff would be very, very real. I mean, that's, that's actually probably all up and down the coast for, for gateway anyway. Right. You know, you're facing that a lot more than people maybe in, you know, in the Midwest or in the Bible belt or whatever. So I want to ask you about your observations 
are these statements? Do you see this as being true? Are you guys struggling? Don't, you don't have any students at your at your site? I mean, what what do you see? Do you see yeah. this to be true, or, or is it? Or is this maybe just hyperbole we should ignore? Yeah, I mean, I guess I I guess I feel a little mixed about it. I mean, they're you know we're always concerned, and if we're if we're missional, we we always want to be you know we need more. We always need more pastors. More you know the the harvest is. Uh, uh, is you know the fields are white for harvest, and we need more. We need to beseech the Lord to send out more workers into the harvest, and which and I want that too. I want yeah, that too. Of, of <laughs> course, very yes. much so. yeah. And you know that's one of my main responsibilities is to recruit students. So I'm always uh, looking for students and get out and preach a good bit, and uh, hoping to meet uh, emerging uh, ministers who are interested in seminary. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the things that are somewhat true about the the negativity that you're hearing are that yeah, you know, our culture is increasingly uh, increasingly secular, increasingly liberal, and and uh, respect Maybe hostile to Christian, you know, hostile to churches, ministers. Yes, hostile to yeah. to churches, hostile to Christians in general. I mean, you know, gosh, two generations ago, Christians were kind of recognized as moral people, and ministers were respected and everything, and. And now Christians are like the immoral, you know, haters of gays or whatever, you know, and, and so that's right. a negative thing. Now, if you so, want to live a radical lifestyle that's anti-society, uh, be a Christian. I mean, who would have thunk? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? we used to be a little more mainstream and respected, and now, and now uh, there's definitely more of a cost account to to be an outspoken Christian because it's uh, it is more countercultural. And so is that chasing the students away? Do you think, or do you see that it's not? I mean, what do you well, think? I, How are I think responding to that. Well, I, th I think that, I think that it probably is applying a filter, you know, that the, the, the timid would be minister is maybe getting filtered out because he, he's anticipating he won't be able to stand the heat in the kitchen, but it's not filtering out everybody. I mean, we've got plenty of, of believers that that see the trend and doggone it, God's bigger than all that, and I feel called and and uh, train me up as I'm going to wait in there and uh, so get in the front, you know. Do so you, do you, you think know, not to not to pass judgment on previous classes? I would have been among those previous classes years ago. Uh -huh. Do you think just as a whole that's producing maybe a stronger, maybe more passionate, more resilient type graduate opposed to maybe before? Yeah, I think I think that is uh, is the case certainly for some of our students. I would acknowledge that you know we just have some generational trends where we probably have some students who uh, are, are just coming out a little bit more moderate in their philosophy than would have been typically the case in the in the nineteen fifties or whatever. You know, That's I mean, fair, some, some generational fair. trends there. Not all that's bad, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, you can you can be. It's crazy. I don't I don't mean to make both of us feel old, but if we look at the church in the 1950s, we're talking about 70 years ago. I know. You know, I, I mean know. That, that that's a. I mean, there is a pretty big gap there. Right. I, I was born in 1959, so when I refer, so I'm kind of you know I, I wasn't aware of anything personally in the 50s, but uh, I was on. The but planet. still, it's, we can't. It's 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 hard to just compare that crop of students to a crop of students 70 years separated yes from yeah so, really okay good. so let's talk about these students like first of all 
is yeah. your enrollment way down or you feel like it's way down, kind of down? Is it up? Is it where do you feel like you're at for you? Where so you're at? Our, our enrollment at our campus is, is just, is just kind of steady for the whole time I've been here. Um, I mean, and when I first, and you've been there for a pandemic. So uh, even, yeah. even with the pandemic, would you say it's kind of rounded back out? So it's still steady. Yeah. Yes. That's I think a, so. Well, in fact, uh, during the pandemic, uh, people couldn't go anywhere, but they got a bunch of federal aid and they, they spent it on tuition and hunkered down and studied some books. So, you know, our enrollment actually hung in there pretty nicely during the pandemic. Uh, well, Josiah also, was one of those. I mean, Josiah on the podcast, he, he's yeah. been at it for three years and, yeah. and you know, he said, hey, what what better time? And yeah, you can't a, go socialize and you got some extra money, might as well take some classes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, um, you know, we've got we've got pockets of of really strong church planning, uh, you know, networks and and uh, lead churches that are trying to multiply that are they're really encouraging uh, the the resonate church planning network uh, came out of Pullman, actually. And, uh, you know, it's a collegiate church planning network that uh, they're on like. 16, 16 different cities across the West now. Yeah. Are they uh, generating students? Are you seeing students coming out of that? Yeah, they're they're generating some students, you know, not as many as I'd like, but, you know, well, it's always going to be my answer, gonna, right? Are you ever going to be okay with, you know, like if your job is to recruit, it's going to exactly, be more, right? right? More. Yeah. Did, did you did you have as many baptisms as you hoped last year? No, I want more. Yeah, exactly. You want more, right? I want more. <laughs> I want more. Yeah. So, okay. Um. Obviously, where you are at is going to play into this a lot more. I almost feel like, in some ways, you know, our our Atlantic Northeast, uh, our Pacific Northwest, actually our whole Pacific Coast, mm-hmm. kind of has a sense of the canary in the mind. Now, I hate to, mm-hmm. I, I'm hesitant to say that when it comes to California churches. Because I'm in Utah and there are plenty of other states that are like shocked when they figure out how many big churches and how many. I mean, there's a lot of big mm-hmm. churches and a lot of Christianity and a lot of small churches in California. Mm-hmm. But I have I recently did some sabbatical time in Oregon and I'm familiar with some of that stuff. And I mean, that's that's a little more uh, probably more um, appropriate to look to the future. So. Mm-hmm. In the pockets where you're at, where Christianity is even more difficult, like I said, canary in the mind might be the best way to think about your site. Um, mm-hmm. What do you see in the future? What do you see coming down the line that maybe, first of all, let's do it in two ways. What do you think we should be aware of to, you know, kind of a warning, if you will, but mm-hmm. where can we be encouraged? I mean, I'd like to hear kind of from both those perspectives. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, it's interesting you use the canary in the mind uh, analogy because, uh there was a time several years ago during my tenure as of leaving this campus that President Orge kind of framed us as that uh, for the other regional campuses because our regional campus was uh, begun in 1980 and then uh, Arizona and Rocky Mountain started in somewhere early to mid-90s. And uh, so we were, were quite a ways ahead of them and uh, we were starting to have some headwinds here. And then the Northwest Convention, who's been our, our generous benefactor all along, uh, have given us a place to meet and have given us budget money. They had uh, financial pressures because of NAM's diminishing support. 
And so some of our listeners, are, so we're talking, we're talking Southern Baptist circles, Gateway yeah. Seminary, formerly Golden Gate Baptist Theological. So I started, you start, it was Golden Gate. Yes, you know, like, yes, yes, yes. Gateway Seminary, they had a name change. We're talking in those circles. So NAM would be the North American Mission Board. Right. Uh, just to kind of put some. Sure, you know, sure. If, you, if you've got some non, non-SBC listeners that are in yeah. the kingdom, we're glad to have them. And yeah, you need to explain those things. So uh, the support from our state convention uh, diminished some, and President Orge got concerned about, wow, uh, how the Pacific Northwest campus goes might be a harbinger of what's going to happen in Arizona and Rocky Mountain. And uh, so he expressed pretty strong concern. And, uh, you know, we've hung in there since then. I mean, we adjusted to the budget issues, um, made some cuts that were probably overdue and how we how we conceived of how we're doing some things and, you know, lean on address a little, a little harder. When was, when was this for... For... That was, uh, gosh, I'm thinking that was about uh, about 2014 or so. Something, okay, so somewhere around so this there. wasn't like this wasn't like recent. I mean, super no, it wasn't recent. wasn't like pandemic, but recent, still no. same sort of thing. Canary in the mine, yeah. sort of thing. So, yes, um, and and part yeah. part of what President Orge was concerned about is that he wondered if it was kind of like an institutional age issue that we'd been here since 1980. Had we kind of worked the field? so thoroughly we've got so many people that already have taken classes and gotten their degrees from us that there's just not much of a of a market to work anymore and that might be the pipeline perceived issue too we had a really high pressure full pipeline because we didn't have something you know and and now maybe that's shifted maybe you know anyway carry on sorry right and so um so my perspective on that is that yeah that's a factor but um you know there's we always have new churches happening. The the Northwest Baptist Convention uh, has got a higher rate of planting churches than than any of the other thirty three state conventions of the SBC. So per well, capita, you started, with, you started with so many towns with no SBC churches, so many places. I mean, you had a lot right. of opportunity. Yeah, um, so we're up. We have over five hundred SBC churches now in the Pacific Northwest, and and there's more being planted every year, and. You know, they need ministers and those ministers need some training and we're here to give it to them. So, you know, so in some in one in one way, we have kind of worked the field pretty thoroughly, but we're still growing uh, market share of, of trying to reach people and everything. And then there's always emerging leaders coming. So, um, you know, I, I'm i in recruiting mode right now. I was on a Zoom call for an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes earlier this morning with a uh an adult man, I think he's 42 years old, who's feeling called to ministry because his pastor actually is trying to call out the men of his church to to come to grips with that. And uh, he and his wife surprised me today. I thought the wife just wanted to be on to to find out, you know, how much you're going to take him away from me and my family and how much this is going to cost. But actually, she wants to be a student as well. So it's oh, like, really? oh, well, pleasant surprise. I might get a, a couple of students. Our conversation with Mark Bradley took more time than originally expected. Please find the conclusion of this discussion in a separate episode on SaltyBeliever.com. Thanks for listening. Salty Believer Unscripted is a production of SaltyBeliever.com. Visit the website to find more resources like the podcast you've just listened to.